0: Everything I everything I want to do on this is to say, how do you keep all these kids safe? Right, that's the most important thing we should. And and what you know is um, that the local governments make you know better decisions than a faraway government. Mm-hmm. So I've always believed that if you can drive the decision down to the local level, one, uh, the, the better it'll be a better decision for that community. Number two, it'll be res- more responsive. And if there's if there's a change that needs to happen the change will happen faster. I mean, think about how hard it is to change the federal government.
1: Hey, joyful warriors, Tiffany Justice here, Moms for Liberty, and I'm so excited to be joined by Senator Rick Scott today. I know Senator Scott um, as my governor, actually. I am a Floridian, and so Senator Scott served as governor for eight years in the great state of Florida. And I watched as he took our uh, state from a state that was really not in a great place economically uh, to uh, a really solid place as a state and was thankful for his leadership in many ways. The other way that I got to know Senator Scott was when he was serving as governor uh, after Marjory Stoneman Douglas, a horrible shooting that happened on February 14th, 2018, where 14 children and three adults lost their lives and uh, their lives were taken from them by a school shooter. And uh, Governor Scott sprang to action and put together a team to try to make our schools safer. And I was a school board member at that time and very much appreciated the intention and the respect to local control and the sensitivity with which he approached uh, that that problem solving. So Senator Scott, you now on the cusp of another horrible school shooting in America uh, have proposed a plan uh, the Guardian Act program. And I wanted you to come on today a little bit to talk about that uh, and uh, share with uh, moms and dads across America who are very concerned about the safety of their children in school, how the Guardian Act uh, could be something that could help uh, keep their children safe. So welcome.
0: Well, first off, it's nice to be on. The, um, thank you for what you do. Um, thank you for the impact you've had uh, in improving uh, schools all across the country. You know the way I've thought about it. I, th- I think that I thought about um, what happened with Marjorie Strowman Douglas the same way I thought about a hurricane. Uh, my role as Governor at the time was to say, how do I create an environment where people, you know you do everything you can to where no one loses their life? And so whether in the hurricane, to, you know get everybody prepared, or Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Do it afterwards. She say, okay, "What we did was we, within three days, we put together groups of educators, uh, mental health counselors, and law enforcement to come up with something that to make our schools all safer." And you're right. You've got to. You it's still. You've got to do it in a manner that the decisions are made at the local level because every community is different. Well, here's what I'm doing now. We um, we have had uh, some horrible school shootings this year, and we've got to figure this out. And one thing we can we know is that if you have a trained law enforcement officer on campus at every school, one they're going to be a great deterrent. Uh, they're going to make our parents uh, so. If you're th- if you're thinking about doing something wrong, your first reaction is, well, I'm not going to go to the school. There's going to be a law enforcement there. Uh, it's also going to make our parents feel more secure. And then if something, God forbid, somebody does come to the school, what you know is if they're trained law enforcement, they're going to show up and they're going to stop the shooter as quickly as they can. So what I propose is is, uh, a a School Guardian Act, which at the federal level, where we take uh, the money that uh, the federal government has allocated to be spent on 87,000 more IRS agents and said, why don't we not spend it on the IRS agents? Why don't we spend it on law enforcement around our state? And... It'll be done as a block grant. So, again, the decisions will be done locally. It's not like it's going to be a national law enforcement group. It's going to be the, the money will be allocated from the federal government. It'll be, get down to the school uh, districts and school boards, and they'll make the decision. But the truth is, every school, I don't care whether you're public or Catholic, any school should have uh, law enforcement there. When our law that we passed in Florida, it was all the public schools. Um, But what we need to do is do it for every school. So I'm hopeful that I'll be able to get uh, the support in Washington, D.C., to be able to get this done, uh, to make sure every kid is safe in this country.
1: So let's break it down a little bit. I I love the idea of taking the money from the 87,000 IRS agents and using it to keep our children safe in school, an immediate need that we need to focus on. So bravo to you for doing that. I think a lot of people are going to be very happy to hear that. Explain to us block grant because when I talked about local control and you've also mentioned that it's important we have elected representatives in the United States of America that serve uh, to meet the needs of their constituents right and to represent their constituents and so school board members very directly do that for parents and kids in their community Uh, that's who they work for their constituents right and so. It's important that they're making decisions and and taking into consideration those local voices. So tell me a little bit about the importance of block grants, what that means when you say, you know, we're not going to have this top down approach to school resource officers or guardians in schools. We're going to let uh, local uh, districts, education officials make those decisions. So talk a little bit about what that process looks like.
0: Well, first off, everything I everything I want to do on this is to say, how do you keep all these kids safe? Right, that's the most important thing we should. And and what you know is um, that the local governments make you know better decisions than a faraway government. So I've always believed that if you can drive the decision down to the local level, one, uh, the, the better it'll be a better decision for that community. Number two, it'll be res- more responsive. And if there's if there's a change that needs to happen. The change will happen faster. I mean, think about how hard it is to change the federal government. Uh, a local school board can make a decision at each meeting. I mean, to try to get a, a change in a federal law is—it seems like it's—it's—it's it's, it's almost never happens, right? And so, what I—what I think what we can do at the federal level is we can—we have the funding. We can provide funding to the local school boards. Uh, so. It would be allocated through the states down to the local school boards, and they'll make the decisions about how they would allocate the dollars. But 100% of the dollars will go to pay, help pay for law enforcement.
1: So I do believe that having law enforcement um, on campus is a deterrent. Uh, unfortunately, in Parkland, Florida, at Marjory Stoneman Douglas High School, we did have law enforcement there, but the law enforcement was not as vigilant as they should have been. Um, and we saw that. But after being on the school board watching uh, the response of, of sheriffs around the state. It was very interesting because there was um, a real importance placed on training and vigilance. And so when I was on school board, our district, um, this sheriff immediately said, we are going to put a uh, school resource officer into every school starting tomorrow. And there was a 50-50 cost share between... Uh, the school district, and the sheriff's office. And I thought that was a really great way to go about it, uh, as well as local police departments um, actually did contribute as well. And if we were in their jurisdiction, they would um, be the, the group that would come in, right, and, and uh, watch the school. So, you know, for example, in my area, there's a police department that um, had a couple schools uh, that they covered. But there was a lot of coordination, but very intense training um, and expectations set. In Tina's district, the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, they went uh, with a guardian program where they trained civilians um, to come in and to act as reporters. But you're talking about law enforcement officers here, correct? Just to understand, because I Absolutely. think there are a lot of questions. I, okay.
0: Yeah, it's all law enforcement, and they're trained. Okay. I think I think it's two things. One, it's one you they have to have the training, um, and they have to be trained to to, to deal with an active shooter. Now we did a lot of things in Florida that you know we require active shooter drills. Um, you know we have you know our our schools have to do risk assessments of uh, students that are, are struggling. Um, so we, I mean, there was a lot of things we should be doing. But one, but at the federal level, I think what the thing that we can do is provide the resources. So, but yeah, they're going to be they're trained, and then the other thing I'll tell you, let me let me just compliment you again. What you're doing is you're, you're making sure parents are actually way more involved in what happens in their school. They should actually know uh, the law enforcement at their school. Uh, they should have the opportunity to interact with them. Uh, they should be able to, you know, if, and if, they have a, if, they're, if they're at all uncomfortable, they ought to be able to be in a position that's easy to talk to the school board or the principal and say, I don't feel comfortable with this, or the sheriff or the police department, whoever's providing the, the law enforcement. And that's only going to happen if these decisions are made at the local level.
1: I totally agree with you and you're right. So there was a suite of things that that happened after um, Parkland. So you, we were, the legislature in Florida was actually in session. And I know that you worked very hard to bring parents and teachers and elected representatives together to problem solve. So just remind me of that a little bit. You took, how many days was that? And, and, and then talk about some of the different, I know it wasn't just guardians, right? So I just wanna give you the opportunity to talk about your approach.
0: So what we did was, I think, um, The shooting happened and i think we scheduled the meeting it was i think the shooting unfortunately happened on thursday and i think on monday we started having these meetings and so we had three groups we had mental health counselors and they met individually we had educators, they met individually, and law enforcement met individually. Then I what I would do is I would, and, and others in my office, we would we would participate in the meetings with the groups. And it was all public. We, you know, we don't, you know, in Florida, we, you know, we have Sunshine Laws, which I really believe in. We ought to, you know, and, and we got feedback. And so at the end of that, by that Friday, I, I took all their ideas and I said, this is what I would do. But of course, you know, the way the law works is you need to go through the legislative process the legislature was in session, uh, which was which was actually positive, um, because there's a greater chance something's going to happen because it's top of mind. And so I worked with the legislature, and then a lot of people came up, a lot of parents came up, a lot of students came up, a lot of activists came up, a lot of school board members came up, some of the Parkland parents came up, and we worked through all you know all the different ideas. So we at all of our schools now you know we have mental health counselors. We had all of our schools. Now we have law enforcement at all of our public schools. Uh, we ha- we put more money into hardened schools. Um, again, those the decisions on this were done at the local level, but we provided the money from the, at the state level. On top of that, we had an option. I like you said, you could have trained uh, civilians. Uh, as an example, a teacher could be trained, but that was a decision that was made jointly between the sheriff's department and the school board. You, it wasn't. It couldn't happen unless both of them were interested in doing it, um, and and then then what we, we had was we mandated uh, active shooter drills, and then we 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 um, to make sure this was happening. We just had one person uh, at the state that just monitored to make sure that the things that we uh, had allocated the dollars for actually happened. That the school districts uh, would take those dollars and actually spend them on law enforcement. Every sheriff um, showed up. Every sheriff cared, uh, police chiefs around the state cared, school boards around the state cared, um, but but it, we, we took all those ideas. We took every, we. It wasn't like it was a just a law enforcement answer, or just an educator answer, or just a mental health counselor answer. It was all of their answers, uh, and and then we you know we also we also said that if you know if you know somebody in your school that's threatening harm uh, to somebody else, you could go to law enforcement and they could, through the through the court system, through where they had good due process, you could say, you don't have access to it while you're threatening harm to to somebody else, or to yourself, you don't have access to a weapon. Uh, but we did it through a due process where nobody is, you know, because I believe in the Second Amendment, where, where nobody's rights were taken away. And that's actually worked, uh, knock on wood. Um, that's worked. I, w- I, was, uh, I was with uh, the Collier County Sheriff the other day, and he was telling me just of a recent issue where somebody... Uh, had threatened to shoot up a school, and they were able to do that. So it um, it was a school actually that this individual's a family member was going to, and so they were able to document what this individual wanted to do, and the individual lost their access to weapon through the courts, not for and not permanently. You know, you have to you have to continue to uh, um, to make this happen. So so we took we we didn't get take away anybody's rights, but we also made our parents feel
1: way more comfortable. Well, I just want to thank you because it was. You're. I always consider you to be the man with the plan. You're never afraid to look at a problem and to put together a plan, or to try to put together a plan. And you always, you're always willing to to hear a lot of different voices, and you don't mind hearing voices of people who might disagree with you. Um, and, and to work to improve the plan. So I've always really appreciated about you that about you. Um, I think it's time for a national conversation about school safety. We take school safe we take safety important in lots of different places like airports uh courthouses right well, these are our children in these schools and I think the things that you did in Florida to harden the perimeter of the schools to create fortify Florida which was an anonymous hotline where you could call in to report if you you know you see something say something um, the office of safe schools as you said with you know a lead administrator that was overseeing all of this and I have to tell you, I sat on a school board and kind of got to watch the implementation process and I was really impressed. And it was an area where a lot of different people who might think they disagree with each other about a lot of different things actually came together and were able to agree about prioritizing safety for children. Um, so, you know, lots of different things happening in our country, but I think this is something that we can all come together and talk about best practices. And I hope that um, in the future, if we're able to make that happen, you will join us and lend your voice.
0: Tiffany, one thing that you'll find interesting, you know, the FBI, I, my experience, with the FBI, they're a black hole. They don't give you any, inf- any information. And as you know, in, that, in the case of Barger Stoneman Douglas, the, they'd had three notifications that this shooter was going to do something. They actually completely changed uh, uh, their cost in operation to deal with this—they'll uh, never tell anybody that. I went out; I went, it's up in West Virginia, and I went out to see it. But what we've got to do is we got to think about this as at every level. Uh, we, what can the local governments do? What can the federal government do? What can the state government do? Because there is nothing more precious than your child or your grandchild. I mean, I don't know—I uh, don't know any. I mean, you just—you uh, just—you're—I—I I can't imagine. Uh, this happening to somebody I love. And so I I talked to the Parkland parents quite a bit, and I saw some of them last week. And um, um, so one was in DC, and then I saw the others down in Florida. And to this moment, you just, like how could this, how could they lose these precious little kids? So they just,
1: No, and school safety is everyone's job, to be honest with you. It's the job of the parent that's on the campus that respects the fact that, you know, that gate isn't a gate where you leave out of. You leave through the front office, right? So you have that single point of entry. Um, It's kids watching and paying attention. Um, And I think it involves all of us. So you're absolutely right. Um, I can't imagine losing uh, my child in that manner. Uh, Absolutely tragic. Ryan Petty, who's a state board of education member, is a friend, um, that I've met through my work here in Florida. And I've um, just been so impressed with his continued willingness to engage and to try to keep schools safe um, and to engage in, an, in a national conversation about it as well. So um, I think lots of best practices, things that we learned about school safety in Florida that we can help other parents to advocate for around the country. And I, uh, moms and dads, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to go look up the Guardian Act program. Uh, that was uh, introduced by Senator Scott. And I want you to contact your representative, sit down and send them a handwritten letter, write them an email and tell them uh, that you want uh, your senator or your representative to support uh, this type of legislation to keep kids safe because your voice makes a difference. Um, I've been told that, you, that, that you're a representative or a senator, you get 50 letters to your office all writing to you about the same thing, that it makes you wake up and pay attention. And you know we've gotta do our part too on the ground to make sure that our voices are being heard. So Guardian Act program, Senator Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate everything that you do for families and kids across America.